Well, good morning. If you came early enough, you found your way through the rain or the wind. If you came just on time, it's a lovely morning, isn't it? <laughs> Welcome. I know many people are still finding their way back from their Christmas holidays, and I hope that you had a joyful time. And if you just had your first week back in routine, I hope, good for you, you made it. That's the hardest week of the whole year, isn't it? Anyways, welcome to our second week of our new theme for the year, and that is Reimagining Faith. It's a month-long series, and last week Pastor Bill launched us off, and this series is all about help us break away from our reduced faith, our limited faith, that we've learned over many hundreds of years, more to learn about the one God calls us into, wants us to dwell with him in. So last week, Pastor Bill revealed to us anew how great this God is, how amazing, how unbelievable, how unlimited our creator God is. And we saw this amazing video um, by Louis Giglio that if earth was a golf ball, what would everything else look like? And if you were here, it was mind-blowing and soul-stretching. And if you weren't, I encourage you to look for it. Because it does give you a whole new, expanded view of who God really is, in the sense that if you think you understand God, you're fooling yourself. We cannot understand God until we meet him face to face. So you know, this God who is immense beyond our comprehension is the one that wants to walk with us. Like he walked with Adam and Eve, he wants to walk with us. And so today we're going to continue to reimagine our faith and talk about that. What does that mean? What does that look like? to walk by faith. And to walk by faith, I mean, we often use that phrase, but don't panic, we're gonna explore it together. Because we don't want it to be limited. We want it to be as big as God is. But before we do that, let's pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us. Father God, um, we are humbled when we really pause to think about who you are. You are beyond our human comprehension. And yet, you are the one who walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And you are the one that today continues to walk with us. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we look at what is recorded in Scripture, that you open our hearts, our eyes, and our minds to what you want to reveal to us as we reimagine our faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. So our foundational scripture today, this sermon is going to weave through a lot of scripture, but our foundational one today to guide us and reimagine our faith is from the words of Paul to the believers in Corinth. He starts this chapter reminding us that though we live here in an earthly body, our ultimate place we will be is in heaven with our new body, with Jesus Christ. So how do we live in this earthly body until we're there? So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6 and 7. Now you're free to open it up on your own scripture, but it really is only a couple verses. So we are always confident. Even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord... For we walk by faith, not by sight. 
So we are always confident because we walk by faith, not by sight. When I first started thinking about walking by sight, I remember days when I was in youth group back in our church. And I don't know if any of you were tormented with this exercise as a youth, but they would say, let's do a faith walk. And so one of you would be blindfolded, paired up with someone else, who would then take your hand and lead you around. And you had to walk by faith that they weren't going to bang you into a wall, into someone else, or a tree if you were outside. Did any of you experience that when you were in youth growing up in a church? Or is that only a Canadian, North American thing? <laughs> okay. Okay, maybe we just like walking into trees. I'm not sure. But, um, and if you did experience it, there was always that moment of fear when you were about to be paired up because you just knew that youth director was going to pair you up with those one or two people that were going to walk you into the wall. Just some personalities want to do that. But our walk by faith is walking with God. He will not walk you into a wall, guaranteed, because he loves you. So that's not the type of walking by faith that Paul's talking about here. When we walk by faith, we walk with God. Now, I think before we spend more time talking about walking by faith, we need to talk about another part of faith, and that is saving faith. And often in our churches over the last hundreds of years, that is where our focus has been, our saving faith. Because we know to be saved, we believe it's a gift from God, and we just need to have faith. So Paul writes in Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So we are saved by faith. And in our journey of life, that's the first time we really understand faith. The faith to believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's the gift from God, given in grace, redemption from our past sinful lives and to reconciliation with God. It's there for us to believe in. This opening of the way into relationship with God, forgiveness of our sins, it changes absolutely everything about who we are and how we live. This is salvation faith. Now, on our journey, on our walk, once we have salvation faith, we then have walk in faith. Now, if you've never made this step into salvation faith, I want you to think about it and talk to a brother and sister or pastor about it. Because what it means is Jesus Christ died for each one of us paid the debt we owed. And because of that, he's opened the way back into relationship with God. When Jesus was resurrected and rose again, he guaranteed eternal life for us who believed, for us who took that salvation faith. Don't let it pass you by. But we have salvation faith, which leads to walking by faith. And when we reimagine faith having a much broader impact than salvation alone, Our journey through life changes. In our foundation verse, we walk by faith, not by sight. We use the word, Paul's use of the word walk here is not a tiptoe walk. It's not a tentative walk. It's not a perhaps. It's not a once we are saved by faith, perhaps we walk in faith. No, Paul here is saying we have salvation faith 
we walk in faith. One commentary puts it, faith is the element through which our earthly life moves. And when I was pondering this, walking around the streets of Boston, where it's kind of windy, I thought, well, air. Air is the element we physically walk through. It is all around us. It sustains us. We breathe it in. We cannot live without it. Faith is the element through which we walk, just like air. Now, that's kind of reimagining faith already, isn't it? You breathe it in. It's around you. It sustains you. Not only saves you. So we walk by faith, breathing it in. It's the state we're walking in, and Jesus freely gives us this. Now, when I was thinking of this image of salvation by faith, walk by faith, they go together. You cannot have one without the other. As Paul's verse says, once you're saved, you walk. There's confidence. It's not a, no, I don't think I'll walk by faith. And I thought of, I have a husband who does woodworking, or when we have space for his workshop, he does woodworking. And there's this joint called a dovetail joint. And if you look at furniture that was built even hundreds of years ago before they had glue, they had nails, but they weren't really good, this is what their joints look like. Because they go together, they cannot be broken. It's the strongest joint ever. And so I like that image for salvation faith, walk by faith together. It cannot be pulled apart. So our reimagined faith with salvation by faith and walking by faith, it's interlocked. Now, as we think about walking by faith, you, think, you have to think, okay, who do we know that's walked by faith? And scripture is full of these people. I'm just going to talk about a couple of them so we start to understand this a bit. And that is, let's think of Noah. Let's go way back. Now, a lot of theologians believe that it never rained until the rain hit on the ark. So imagine Noah living his life, believing in God, and around him no one else is except for his family. And one day God says to him, hey Noah, I know you don't know what rain is, but I'm going to make it rain. And I'm going to want you to build a big boat for your family to be on, and all the animals, two of each of them, will come to you, and you will be saved. Now, if Noah was walking by sight, he would say, you're describing rain to me, but I've never seen it. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how to build a boat because I lie on dry, live on dry land, and this doesn't make any sense. If he walked by sight, he would say, all my neighbors will think I'm crazy. All my family will lose their friends, will be completely ostracized and kicked out, and no one will talk to us. If he walked by sight, he would say, no, thank you. This is too risky. But he walked by faith. And he said, okay, I will build this ark. The animals will come, and we will be saved. That's walking by faith, not by sight. Abraham was told by God to leave his family, leave his home, and go. And someday I will show you where you're going to end up. Now, Jeff and I left our home and our family and moved to Asia, but we knew exactly where we were going, and Jeff had a job. That's a different kind of walk by faith than Abraham's, where he could have said, if he walked by sight, he could have said, I don't know where I'm going. I'm leaving everything but my immediate family and some herds behind. Mm -mm. I'm not taking that risk. 
but he walked by faith, and away he went, and he created a new nation. Now, there are many more examples. So here's your challenge for the afternoon. Think of some more and talk through them with friends. I have a whole lot more listed here, but I'll just do one more. We're going to jump to the New Testament. And after Jesus was crucified, rose again, went back to heaven, the Christians started spreading the good news. And there was one guy, well, there were lots of people, but the one they talk about in Acts is Saul, who persecuted Christians. That was his life's goal. His mission was to kill Christians and throw them in jail. And one day, he's walking on the road to go to Damascus to do, continue his work, and he meets Jesus in a blinding light, and it does blind him physically. And so they take him into town. He's sitting there, and Ananias gets a call from God. Not literally, but he hears from God who says, Saul is sitting there. You need to go to him. Now, Ananias, if he walked by sight, he would said. So this is Saul that's killing Christians and throwing them in prison? So if I went to him, would he kill me? Would he throw me in prison? Would he kill other Christians? Would my reputation with Christians be scattered? It's just shattered because I went to him? By walking by sight, by earthly thoughts, this doesn't make any sense at all. But Ananias walked by faith. And he said, okay. And he went. And Saul, he helped Saul become Paul, who of course is the missionary and who wrote so many letters in the New Testament, who changed the world. Ananias walked by faith and helped this missionary be released into the world. Now in each of these, we see that their walk by faith encompassed their whole lives. If we look at the foundational verse again, Paul says, walk by faith, not sight. Notice he doesn't say, walk by faith until things get hard. Walk by faith on Sunday morning, but the rest of the week you're okay. Walk by faith with your your CG, your small group. But when you're with your friends from school or work, eh, it's okay. He doesn't say, walk by faith when you've got your Bible in your hand. But when you're reading other books, it doesn't matter. No. The verse doesn't say that, and these examples from the people in the, in the scripture is they walk by faith with every sphere, every aspect of their lives. Now, you may be thinking like I often do, that's great, and I love these stories in the Bible of these very faithful men and women who walk by faith. However, I am not them. I, I, I'm not. And you know what? You aren't either. And that's a really good thing. I want to reassure you that this God that created the cosmos created each one of us. And he created us individuals, uniquely, exactly the way he wants us to be. And comparisons are dangerous because comparisons are by sight and what you see and hear around you. That's walking by sight, not walking by faith. But our society is built on that, isn't it? What do you compare? You compare clothes. You compare schools. You compare marks. You compare relationships. You compare promotions. You compare Insta posts. You compare how many followers you have. Everything our society tells us is to compare yourselves to someone else. If we walked by sight, it's walking in a world that tells us we should. 
It's based on what our earthly senses are affected by, what we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we touch and what we taste. Doing that fits into society's expectations. That's walking by sight. When we walk by sight, we care more about what others think than what God thinks. When we walk by sight, we live in fear. We live in fear of not living up, not fitting in, a rejection of making mistakes. We live in fear that we will be bored, isolated, ignored, lonely, forgotten, and we won't truly live. However, when we walk by faith, not by sight, as Paul said, we walk in confidence, and our salvation is where our confidence comes from. Like the fathers and mothers in Scripture, their walk by faith was not what they could see and hear around them, but it was their faith in a faithful God who walked with them, and he walks with us still today. Oswald Chambers, an early 20th century Scottish uh, evangelist and teacher, said, faith never knows where it is being led. That would be Abraham, right? But it loves and knows the one who is leading. Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. Now, what might that look like today? I don't know about you, but I don't have a whole lot of herds of sheep to take care of. But today in our circumstances, when we walk by faith, not by sight, we walk not knowing where God is leading, but we know that loving God is with us. So let's say you're in a difficult class and you know that most people around you are cheating. It's easy to get away with this in this class. And every sense says, oh, go ahead. You know, you're not going to get caught. You're going to get better marks, which is going to lead to a better grad school, which is going to lead to a better job, which is going to lead to a better life. And yet... When we walk by faith, we say, God is with me. He knows where I'm going. He's got my future. I know that because I love Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to walk in his teachings, and I will not cheat. I walk by faith, not by sight. How about at work? When you're at work, Depending on where you are and your boss and the people around you, you might have circumstances that say, just cut this corner, it doesn't really matter. Or slide a little bit on the truth in these reports or how me, your boss, is doing and make the company look better. You're going to get a better promotion out of it, a better bonus. Yet our call is to live out truth and to walk by faith, not by sight to walk with the vision of heaven on earth that we are to create in our work environments, not a vision of human selfishness, self-centered earth. We speak and write the truth. I walk by faith, not by sight. What about your social circle? Someone has hurt your reputation on social media or by words, and they're blaming you for something. Walking by sight would say, my image is hurt, my reputation is gone, I'm going to well, just give a little revenge back. I'm going to get back to them. Turn it back on them. But if you're walking by faith, if you're walking by faith, 
you know who you are in Jesus. Your reputation is strong in Christ. You know that if you did something wrong, you did revenge, you said nasty words that were not truths, you would not be walking by faith. If you did something wrong, you need to confess that to God and confess to the other person. And that is walking by faith. But we're so much more than what others say about you, what's on social media, walk by faith, not by sight. Now, again, you may be thinking, as I often do, but my faith seems so small. I'm not a great of scripture. And that means we're now heading down the dangerous walking by sight comparison of yourself to others. Because we all know people we look at and think, oh, look how strong their faith is. If only I had that. Okay, here, reimagine your faith again. Have confidence that your faith is a confident walking in faith. Since we know we have been saved, it doesn't matter what size you think your faith is. Your faith is your faith. It's intertwined with you having been saved. Remember Jesus' words. For truly I tell you, if you have faith the side of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. When I was young, we learned that song, and maybe some of you did. With faith as strong as a mustard seed, small as mustard seed, you mountains, move mountains. Okay, only Jeff and I learned that. Again, this is a weird, weird thing. Okay. It's a great little song. And here's the impact of songs and learning them as a kid. You remember them. As every time I read that verse, that song goes through my head, and it reminds me, faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. When we walk in faith, that's the faith you have. You may think it's small. It will move mountains because it's faith in God. However, I believe we also need some more guidance on how to do this. We've looked at more what it is and how we can look at it and how it can affect our lives. But on a day-to-day basis, reimagining our faith is when we breathe in, when we walk in like oxygen. It's one thing to reimagine our faith, understanding that its faith is saving, but we also walk in faith knowing God is walking with us. So to help us walk in that confidence and be aware of it, I'm going to bring out one more verse from Paul, from 1 Corinthians. And he says, keep alert, stand firm, in your faith. Be courageous, be strong, let all that you, be, you do be done in love. Keep alert. I think this is a great warning to not become complacent in your faith. Here's a question for you. How many of you believe that we can reach Christian maturity? Have you heard that term? He or she is a, ver- is a mature Christian. Often that term is thrown around. I think it's a very dangerous term. Friends in Hong Kong and I used to debate this at no end. One guy started it. He said, I don't believe there's such a thing as mature Christian. We are all called to be on this journey to maturity. I think it's dangerous if we think we are mature, which means we could become very complacent. I got it. Got my faith. I'm a mature Christian. There. Done. Need anything? Ask me. I'm a mature Christian. 
It doesn't say that in scripture. It says we're all on our way to maturity. Even Paul never said he made it. You will be a mature Christian when you see God face to face. That's a mature Christian. So keep alert when you start thinking you've made it as a Christian. Double check yourself. Think about it. Now James has lots to say about this in this little book of his that I just adore. And a couple of things he says is, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. It also applies to her, okay? Just to let all the women know that. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. You're tempted. You're lured. It's your own little desire. It can then come to sin. And then there's death. That's why we need to stay alert. you got to catch that at the beginning, or it's going to continue. And James goes on later on in his book to say, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So keep alert. Be aware that you are being tempted away. Away from your walk by faith. Be aware that your desires, and evaluate where they come from. Are they from your walk by faith, or are they from a walk by sight? Self-reflection is important here. Do it with a friend. Do it with scripture. If you notice you're reacting more by sight, by earthly means, than by God. So second, Paul says in here to stand firm. Now I'm going to share a story here about our last year in Hong Kong. Because a new person had been hired as Jeff's boss about six months earlier. And when he came in, you don't want to be judgmental, and I'm really showing an evil side of myself here, but this man did not walk by faith. He walked by evil sight. There's no other way for me to describe this man. And it became the most difficult work environment Jeff has ever been in because he poisoned the whole environment to be, let's do things by earthly ways and make certain things look better. Whereas Jeff is walking by faith. Now, what was really interesting about this time is our head pastor at that time, his name is Steve, and his wife, Marion, was in the workforce also. And around the same time, she also got a new boss who also poisoned that work environment. And so she also was being completely challenged of how to walk by faith in a work environment that was more and more on the opposite side of that. So we used to have really good conversations, Steve and I, on how to support a spouse through this. You probably come across that with even friends who are in a work environment like that. How do you support them, encourage them to walk by faith when everything around them in the work environment says don't? Well, it was interesting because Steve one day walked in and he said, I've got the verse we're going to pray over our spouses. And it was 2 Chronicles 20, 17. This battle is not for you to fight. Take your position, stand firm, and see the victory of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Walk by faith. When we would pray for Jeff and Marion, we would just put their names in there. So it would sound like this. Take your position, stand firm, and see the victory of the Lord on your behalf, O Jeff and Marion. 
Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. So God sustained both of them through that very difficult year. So they could walk by faith, holding on to God, breathing men, and showing God to those around him. So as you keep alert and notice that you may be slipping, remember to stand firm. Have people around you pray this over you so you can stand firm as you're walking by faith in whatever circumstances you're in. Tomorrow go out against them. I love that. Be courageous and be strong. Due to time, we're putting these together, but they are different. But they're close. They need each other, so I'm going to put them together. Now, as the Chronicles verse said that we just read, do not fear or be dismayed. You are walking in faith with the God, the only God, the one beyond our human comprehension who made the cosmos and every itsy-bitsy part of your body. We walk by faith with courage and strength. Now, there are so many verses and people in Scripture that walk by courage. Joshua is told, be strong and courageous three times before they go into the promised land. Ananias, that we, I talked about earlier, had the courage and strong faith in God to go to Saul to help him be Paul, this amazing missionary. He risked his reputation and his life to do that. He had the courage. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, my speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit and of powers, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith doesn't rest in the wisdom of man, doesn't rest in a walk by sight, but in the power of God. So like all of these examples we looked at from scripture, walk by faith, keep alert, stand firm, be courageous and strong, and Paul ends this verse in, and do it all in love. Now, there are so many verses in Scripture that talk about love, especially in the New Testament. So I'm just going to look at a couple of them. But 1 Corinthians 13 is one of those people talk about. Now, there are amazing things in that chapter. To me, there are four words that are my favorite. Be patient. Be kind. Often we overanalyze love and what Jesus meant by it. But it really is a choice. It's an action. So we weave this love as an action into everything we do when we walk by faith. And I mean everything. The people we meet on the street. The person who's pouring you coffee in a coffee shop. Patient and kind. The person you're paying to buy the groceries from patient and kind. Your fellow students that you might be put in a work group with, but they just kind of irritate you, patient and kind. At home, at work, at school, with friends, all done in love. Now, I do understand that each one of us come from a different family heritage, cultural history, weird country called Canada, but we all are unique because of our heritage. And some of those heritage are not so kind or gentle. But remember that salvation, when you are a new creation in Christ, you can be in your walk by faith, 
gentle, and kind, because Christ has made you new. As Paul puts it in Galatians, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or non-circumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Now, they were so focused on whether you came from Jewish heritage or Gentile. That's what this verse was originally about, but it is for anything. No matter what your heritage is, the only thing that counts is faith working through love. And when we're others, new creation, walking by faith, that's what our walk should look like to others. As we breathe in God and our faith, So reimagine faith. Remember, we're saved by faith, and we walk by faith. And to guide us on this walk, remember, keep alert. Stand firm. Be courageous and strong. And love. Reimagining our faith, when we walk by faith, just to remind you, as Oswald Chambers told us, faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. Faith never knows where it's being led. That would be walking by sight. But it knows and it loves who is doing the leading. That is walking by faith. Remember faith we reimagined last week. Our God is bigger and more glorious than we can imagine and comprehend. Today, we've continued to reimagine our faith as we looked at what this means, how we can confidentially, confidentially walk by faith with this glorious God. Your faith is not small. It can move mountains. So salvation by faith, walk by faith are dovetailed together, stronger than anything. It cannot be broken. And as with the faithful that are recorded in the Bible, we walk by faith in every sphere, every part of our lives, every place we spend our days and nights. Our faith reimagined. Breathe it in and walk it in by faith. Let us pray. Lord, we are um, eternally grateful that you have given us, by your grace, the ability to say yes and in faith be saved. That has changed everything in our lives, Father. So we now lean to the other side of that as we reimagine our faith in the full picture of it that you have created it to be and you have created us to be. That we want to really walk in faith, Walk by faith in confidence because we are saved. Walk by faith in the way that it is something all around us that we breathe in and it sustains us. Our faith sustains us no matter where we are. Whether we are at home alone, whether we are at school, we are at work, we are with family, we are walking down the street, we are going for a run, we are at the gym, we are walking by faith. Help us to keep alert, to stand firm, to be courageous, and to do all of this walking by faith in love, in kindness, and in patience. We ask this all in Jesus' name, for there's no other way to do it. Amen.